From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh yes, Mr. Rob Rube, thank you very much. I am the aforementioned Mike. This is Mike Davidson lives. Thanks for downloading and listening this go around. Uh, wrapping up, what I would say is a pretty good weekend. Not too bad. Uh, you got to see the Colts win in a, I wouldn't say convincing fashion, but they scored north of 30 points, which... Uh, Knowing their offensive uh, output the last five games prior, it was well-deserved. Matt Ryan actually had a good game. No interceptions, no turnovers, uh, none of that. And he uh, he had the game-winning bomb, threw one downfield with, uh, I think, 17 seconds left. And now the Colts are now 3-2-1. Very nice. Uh, even better than that, though, uh, my, you know, my family and I actually got to go see some friends over uh, Saturday night. Uh, at their house, they had a bonfire, and uh, we would have stayed a little longer, but the kids were getting tired, and uh, the day before, I worked about, oh, 12 hours, so I was getting tired, too. Um, but it was nice to be over there. Uh, the kids made s'mores for the first time, I believe. I, I think this might have been Lana's second time. I think we tried doing it with her once before Hazel was born. Uh, but uh, both Lana and Hazel enjoyed it. Uh, Logan, funny story, my wife made one for herself. She's sitting there on the couch eating it. And uh, Logan comes over, and she offers him a bite, and he takes the whole damn thing and starts eating it. And my wife's just sitting there in stunned disbelief, and he looks back after her at her uh, after finishing it, and he's just like licking his fingers, like it was almost as if the boy was taunting her, and he can only get away with that because uh, he is her son, and he can only get away with that for now because well he's a cute kid and. <laughs> Once he starts talking back, I think the charm's going to run, uh, wear off a little faster. Um, oh, and um, kind of a controversial show, uh, She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. I really haven't sat down and watched much of it. I watched like one episode with my wife, and that was the uh, Daredevil appearance. And so it is good to see Charlie Cox as Daredevil again. But, uh, you know, a lot of clamoring back and forth about... Uh, is this or is this not a good show? Uh, hardcore fans say it is. Uh, hardcore fans say it isn't. It, and it's basically a nerd fight. And uh, my wife really loved the show up until the series finale. I mean, uh, She-Hulk has always had kind of a meta break the fourth wall vibe to it. Where even in the comic book she would talk to the reader on occasion. But... Uh, I guess they overdid it this past uh, series finale or season finale. I guess there's going to be a She-Hulk season two. I don't know if my wife's going to be excited to see that or not, but uh, yeah, very meta, and you can overdo things a little bit. Uh, talk more about streaming here, uh, streaming shows here and movies in just a few moments. Uh, I do want to touch base though on uh, kind of the local controversy here in Northeast Indiana, predominantly uh, Fort Wayne, because last weekend. Uh, Mayor Tom Henry was uh, arrested for uh, DUI, OWI. Um, he uh, was twice, damn near twice the legal limit here in the state of Indiana. Almost uh, went head on with a, a, another driver. And uh, fortunately, everybody's uh, fine and alive. Uh, but kind of a controversy. Well, uh, kind of an unexpected wrinkle in this story. And this has nothing to do with... Um, the the body cam footage that may or may not exist and uh, that not turning up but uh, I guess uh, today Sunday morning in the Journal Gazette his wife Cindy uh, who I believe was also in the car with him 
last weekend, uh, she revealed in this editorial, this op-ed, that uh, she was recently diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Uh, there's no such thing as a good form of cancer. Uh, anybody that would know that, uh, would you know, from fighting it or knowing a loved one that's gone through it, but uh, pancreatic cancer is pretty much, I would say, the worst to get, uh, from what I understand. And it's a horrible thing for her to be going through and her family, obviously. And uh, it's it's I don't think there's much of a survival rate of this thing, but it's one of those things where it's like you're all in, you fight it, and we hope Cindy fights uh, to the best of her ability and uh, wish her and her family very well. Um, but not to sound too cynical, because I am politically cynical, and I'm not going to say much more than this. Um, but last couple podcasts, I alluded to the fact that um, unless the Democrats decide to go younger or with a better candidate, Tom Henry will be mayor again for a fifth term. And um, all I want to say to you, uh, regardless of what you think of him, is uh, the op-ed is available on local news sites. Unless you got a you know a subscription to the Journal Gazette and you can get through the paywall. <laughs> And uh, I don't know too many people that actually subscribe to paywall th stuff. Uh, but uh, some local news stations here in uh, the Fort Wayne area do have that op-ed uh, word for word. Well, mostly word for word up. You want to read it and then read the comments. And it gives credence to the, what I said last couple podcasts. Tom Henry is probably going to win a fifth term. And a lot of this uh, DWI stuff is going to disappear. And that's basically what I want to say about that. But uh, to, to his wife, Cindy, yeah, uh, yeah keep fighting, and uh, you know, best to you and your family. All right. Um, but it doesn't really change my opinion, though, of the whole DWI thing. It, you, that was needless, and he should never have gotten himself into that. But anyway, yeah, just, just read this thing, and then you know read the comments on some of these things, and yeah, he will be mayor again. Now, let's go on to something a little lighter here. Something that I can really tear into um, pop culture because uh, it's a mess. Um, Halloween ends. I, I said this last week, or uh, it wasn't last week. Maybe it was about an episode ago. But I said that Hollywood Holly, uh, Halloween ends would dominate the Hollywood box office, and uh, it's done that pretty well. I think the budget uh, for the film they were saying is um, at most $30 million and it's going to, it made that money back fairly easy this past weekend, but they were expecting more. I think they were expecting north of $50 million, which, okay, that would have been a nice haul, but it brought in like 42, $42 million. So it was about 10 million short of what they were uh, wanting. And they're wondering, this is kind of a, Oh, really type of story because uh, the same weekend that Universal puts this out in movie theaters uh, it's also available for streaming on Peacock which if, you, if you're a Comcast subscriber congratulations you can see Hollow, Halloween ends without giving Universal and Comcast any more money and they're wondering where all the people went yeah, it's a mystery. You know, they, you know, if you if you love the whole the horror slasher films, yeah, you're gonna stay at home uh, and not pay an arm and a leg if you can. But then again, it wasn't like everybody stayed home and watched this. I think I think the better approach would have been okay. We put it out for free 
the following month and let it uh, clean up in the October box office and uh, get all the horror fans because uh, those who are going to see it first weekend are going to go see it. Not to be all Yogi Berra on you, but I mean, yeah, get as much money out of this as you can. And by the way, Smile, the uh, the other horror movie out, was uh, a far distant number two at the box office, but it was also the only other film that made north of ten million bucks. If you if you look at like the overall box office numbers of the top ten, and your bottom tier films are still. You know, your bottom tier films aren't making north of a million. Like Top Gun Maverick should not be in the top ten. It made all of its money back in in uh, Memorial Day, beginning of the summer, but it's hanging around. Uh, Bros, which is <laughs> a bomb, uh, it's still hanging around at number ten. There's there's nothing else rep- replacing these movies, and it's kind of a sad reflection of the box office. But again, even with it being free. On Peacock, if you have Peacock, Halloween Ends still made some money. Um, and from what I understand, though, the reviews, not really a good movie uh, by horror fan standards. And uh, some people are kind of mocking the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis said that this is her last one and she signed a contract uh, stating that this would be her last one or like one of those, you know, made up things. So it's basically about as uh, good as Motley Crue's. Uh, promise to never tour again, which, by the way, they will again next summer. <laughs> All right, so yeah, your lackluster block, blockbuster uh, performance from a lot of movies this past weekend, uh, but that's because Terrifier Two is not out in theaters, and apparently, this is the scariest horror sequel out there. It is making people react pretty, uh, pretty violently, I would say. Physically, anyway, yeah, far worse than Hocus Pocus too. I mean, you're not you're not being possessed by Bette Midler with this one, but I guess there's a character in this movie called Art the Clown. Yeah, uh, when there's a clown involved in a horror movie, you know it's not going to be any good. But uh, he's brought back to life and he's terrorizing te- teens, and it's kind of like a throwback uh, to some of the uh, low budget '70s '80s horror movies that were just gory out the ass. Uh, just blood everywhere and uh, limited engagement uh, screening. Some people have been passing out because of this. Some have been vomiting in their seats because of this. Uh, this does not make me want to go see it. I don't know about you. It does because I I have had this thing about horror movies. What makes it scary is uh, the fact that you yourself in a situation like this could be compromised, i.e. killed or taken over by some evil entity. Uh, just because there's buckets of blood doesn't make it scary. It just makes it gross. And I've already got a thing. Like, I've become more squeamish in my older age. Um, it's, it's hard for me to be scared if halfway through the movie I pass out because it's just that disgusting. This is... Um, this is akin to me to somebody that's like, oh yeah, I like spicy food, and they uh, they eat like ghost peppers just to prove how tough they are, and basically that's a painful, painful experience. I mean, a couple of weeks ago I tried putting an habanero on my sandwich, and that was not fun. I couldn't finish my sandwich. I mean, this is just a, this is how much pain I can tolerate. That's the vibe I get with this movie. You know, here's a, here's the thing: if um, Johnny Knoxville 
and his crew from Jackass. You know, if they're if they're looking for Jackassy stunts to do for the next one, uh, Jackass Six or Seven or wherever the hell they're on now, uh, what they should do is have a couple of their buddies watch this movie, Terrifier Two. Uh, if it's as gory as they say it is. But not just watch it, but, you know, they sit in a recliner, each of them, and they're eating habaneros, they're eating ghost peppers, they're eating the spiciest food imaginable, and they can't get up, they can't turn away, and the first person to tap out, so to speak, loses. So if they have to run out of uh, the room because they have to use the bathroom because they're going to shit themselves or vomit, or they fall on their chair, passed out in pain... Uh, that would be that would be a jackass stunt, or knowing my dumbass, I probably gave somebody an inspiration to a really bad TikTok challenge. I'll be up running uh, next week. Yeah, you just sit there watching the the most terrible horror film you can think of in terms of gore, and eat something that would just keep you in pain. <laughs> yeah, I I bitch about one thing, but here I am coming up with bad ideas for another. I mean, what the hell's wrong with me? Uh, so yeah, Terrifier 2, possibly coming to a movie theater near you, I don't know. Maybe it's probably going to be one of those things that uh, just becomes a cult classic. It, you can stream it wherever the hell. Now, uh, speaking of streaming wherever the hell, uh, in the last couple of months, you know, some controversies uh, with uh, fantasy fans pertaining to House of the Dragon and uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Uh, one is streaming with HBO Mask, uh, Max, DC, Discovery, whatever the hell it's calling itself. It's on HBO, too. And uh, uh, the other one, uh, Rings of Power, is streaming on Amazon. And that's the one that Jeff Bezos dropped a billion damn dollars on, uh, for, I think, for five seasons. Billion dollars. And, of course, there's been controversies with it being woke and Amazon going after people that criticize it and you know they're saying if you criticize this uh, the show uh you're just as racist as this one guy who's got five followers on twitter or some crazy crap like that uh so there's been a lot of back and forth and they've been trying to um try to make the show look as grandiose as possible because again it uh it, it costs a lot of money to make uh and from my understanding you either love it or you hate it well Maybe it has people that love it. Yeah, it does. But does it get the same love as Cobra Kai? Uh, you know, that one show based off of Karate Kid, kind of a spinoff. It debuted, I think, on YouTube years back. And after a season, it found itself on Netflix. And it just blew up in popularity. And I believe season five just dropped, what, two, three weeks ago? Here's here's how overrated the hype is for uh, Rings of Power and how desperate they are for this to be like the biggest thing on streaming ever. Cobra Kai, according to uh, this article I'm looking at, for season five, it is now damn near two billion minutes worth of streaming. That's crazy. And what they're saying is that this easily eclipses Rings of Power 2 to 1 in terms of viewership. In fact, if you were to take Rings of Power and House of the Dragon and combine their numbers, they t combined do beat Cobra Kai, but 
like maybe by a hundred million. And if you're talking about billions, that's not much. <laughs> yeah, Cobra Kai, which has a fraction of the budget, it's basically a training montage show because that was that was basically what the Karate Kid was, training montage, and then you had the fight at the end. This thing is beating basically the prequel to Lord of the Rings. After all this hype, all this thing with Jeff Bezos and stuff, and you know you don't hear about Cobra I mean, it, Cobra Kai is not like high art or anything, but you don't hear about it being woke, and you don't hear about it pissing off fans. I mean, I'm sure not everybody that loved the Karate Kid loves the show, um, but I don't hear about that back and forth. I, and this doesn't necessarily make me want to go and watch Cobra Kai. I'm just pointing out the fact that that everything that uh, is related to Rings of Power is so full-blown, and I'm wondering how big of a disaster this thing is i mean i'm sure it's the top streaming thing on amazon but it, it kind of has to be right but is it streaming as much as possible and the thing that really got me is i was looking at some of these comments uh you know in the message boards because that's what the same people do they go and read other people's comments in the message boards uh there was a woman trying to justify the fact that uh, but you know the reason like cobra kai is more successful than rings of power is because you know, fantasy is more of a niche audience. You don't spend a billion dollars on something that is niche. That makes no friggin' sense. Just like it makes no friggin' sense to be upset about who in the hell does the voice of Mario. Uh, Super Mario Brothers trailer dropped, I think, about a week or two ago, and Chris Pratt is the voice of Mario, and, guys, he's not Italian, and that's pissing people off. Also, it's Chris Pratt, and people don't like Chris Pratt for some odd reason I like Chris Pratt um, you know not I don't know if I necessarily agree with him on a whole lot of the stuff but I mean he works as Star Lord and in, uh, in uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy I do enjoy that movie and you know he had some fans from Parks and Rec and all that but uh, you know because of some of this uh, religious and political beliefs apparently that's bad and all these uh, Wokarati people are just upset that he is the voice of Mario. Now you got language experts weighing in on this. You know, uh, a Japanese-created Italian caricature, uh, a stereotype, is not authentic enough for them if it's voiced by Chris friggin' Pratt. Seriously. And uh, John Liguizamo's uh, kind of upset because uh, there's uh, no, not enough people of color in the, uh, the casting here. John Liguizamo... Not Italian, by the way. Uh, he played Luigi, and uh, Bob British Haskins played Mario in that really bad Super Mario adaptation uh, back in the 90s, which, by the way, my wife has on DVD, and we'll watch that as a laugh every now and again. Um, but people are upset about this. I don't know why. Jack Black is uh, the voice of Bowser, the bad guy in this movie. If he was the voice of Mario, do you think anybody would give a shit no, because Jack Black is beloved in Hollywood. Not that I'm picking on a, a Jack Black necessarily. I'm just pointing out that Jack Black is not a giant lizard. So I really don't have a problem with him being Bowser, just like I don't have a problem with Chris Pratt being Mario. So, uh, by the way, uh, if uh, if they ever do a, a Legend of Zelda animated movie like Mario, I want Chris Pratt to be the voice of Zelda. And I know that Link is the hero in the movie. Just just have him be the voice of the chick. Not like in the high-pitched, you know, stereotype girl voice. Just Chris Pratt talking like Chris Pratt. 
because I'm open-minded like that. All right, uh, moving on from that controversy, Bill Murray. Uh, there's a movie recently where they had to stop production because apparently um, uh, the accusation is that he may have straddled and kissed a woman or some some crazy thing. Again, this is an accusation. Uh, nothing has no pre char charges have been pressed, but pretty interesting. Here, here you have the 72-year-old actor being accused of this, who's uh, had a body of work since Saturday Night Live back in the 70s. And just now, people are coming out and talking about that, you know, Bill Murray may be a sleazy dude. Uh, Gina Davis, uh, she actually put out a, a memoir, an autobiography, not too long ago. And she talked about how on the set of uh, Quick Change, she was made uncomfortable by the fact that Bill Murray was using a uh, massager on her or something weird like that. Um, another podcast, Rob Schneider of uh, Saturday Night Live talked about how like Bill Murray guest hosted uh, twice during his tenure, and Bill Murray did not like uh, Adam Sandler or Chris Farley, and I, uh, he, he he really really hated Chris Farley because it reminded him of uh, John Belushi and how John Belushi was, you know, kind of a party animal that and it led to his untimely demise. And unfortunately, Farley fell down that same path. And, you know, when uh, Schneider talked about that, I kind of get the, um, uh, you know, Bill Murray being cold to that. But at the same time, I've never really heard anybody badmouth Adam Sandler. So I don't, like, I, I'm not really a big fan of his work, but I've never heard anybody badmouth Adam Sandler. So for Bill Murray to be upset with him personally makes no sense to me whatsoever. Then you got this uh, Seth Green story. You know, Seth Green's been in uh, Hollywood forever. He was a child actor, and I guess he was part of a play with uh, Bill Murray or some some movie. I don't know what this was, but uh, the accusation recently is uh, Seth Green said that when he was nine, he sat on Bill Murray's chair. Bill Murray got upset and actually threw him in the trash. But then, then again, who hasn't thought about throwing um, Seth Green in the trash, right? But, you know, a lot of this stuff has um, piled up in the last few days. You wonder why this hasn't been said before. And I think I think part of it is the fact that Bill Murray isn't all that different from Chevy Chase, except for the fact that he's better at uh, fan PR than Chevy Chase. You know, Bill Murray, I think, knows how to play a crowd up, and that's why he's come off as so lovable to a lot of people. You know, in his movies, uh, and when he's singing out at Cubs games, when you bump into him on the street... He can play that card very well, but uh, when it comes to working, yeah, he's just not the best co-worker from what I understand. And I'm not on this Bill Murray cancel culture thing, um, you know, because eh, unless some charges are filed here, I don't think, uh, you know, canceling him is going to solve a whole hell of a lot, especially since he's at the end of his uh, career. He's 72 for crying out loud. But I will say this, uh, these accusations, if half of them are true, it wouldn't surprise me. And um, it's it's one of those uh, things that gives credence to the, uh, the mantra, never meet your heroes. Because what you see or what you hear, you know, in a movie, a TV show, or an album, doesn't necessarily tell you everything about the dude or the gal. You're getting a glimpse, sure, but are they going to be like that all the time? Or are they a complete 180 uh, once you get to know them? And so, yeah, looking at this Bill Murray stuff, I'm not very surprised by it at all. Uh, not really surprised about this uh, endorsement deal that my, uh, my uh, alma mater 
as now. The Fighting Cardinals of the Ball State University. Uh, because, you know, in, uh, NCAA sports is now a different animal. It, you know, it's it's money, 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 money. I mean, it was always money, 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 money. But now, uh, you can really cash in with endorsement deals. And uh, uh, kudos to the athletic department for seeing the writing on the wall. My Fighting Cardinals of the Ball State University roll cards in good old Muncie, Indiana, uh, have partnered with Manscaped. Yes, the electric razor for your balls. Or, you know, if you will, your ball state. Yeah, they are an official partner. I have that linked up on the Mike Davidson uh, Facebook page. Uh, very cool, very tongue-in-cheek, uh, very, very very metro guys. Kudos. Uh, <laughs> it works because, you know, ball is in the name, ball state. And uh, when I uh, when I was in high school and I told the neighbor across the street that I was going to Ball State, he said, oh, yeah, good old testicle tech. And it just start, I stopped, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that would be kind of like a testicle. So, yeah, it works out okay. But, yeah, the thing is I think they're missing out on a great um, uh, promotional scheme here. You, know, you, know, you kind of have um, kind of have that vibe when you've been in radio as long as I have because there's always, always an opportunity to tie something into something. But, I mean, you know, if, if you have – um, this Manscaped thing going uh, with Ball State University. What they need to do is a promotion uh, for some of the uh, students there. Or, hell, uh, you know, any any college. Uh, but, no, 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 let's, let's keep it with Ball State. You know, you get, uh, you get free tuition for a year, or at least free room and board, if you are uh, able to scape your man area to look like Charlie Cardinal, think about that. Uh, you know, you, you could either make uh, the design look like Charlie Cardinal, or maybe you can incorporate uh, something else around there to help you make it look like Charlie Cardinal, like you know his beak or something. But yeah, you know, just something to you know <laughs> plug the fact that Manscaped is now an official partner with the Ball State University. How cool is that? Uh, roll cards, right? <laughs> you got one on the big boys, man. I mean, that's, uh, that is uh, fantastic. Um, so that's, uh, that's what's going on out there. Um, now, by the way, we're wrapping up, wrapping up here um, and uh, talk with haunted stuff because it is the month of October. Uh, no word yet. On uh, my wife wanting to go to Brook Road here locally in Fort Wayne, which is the place with all the uh, the bulb, the uh, the orb lights and stuff like that, um, because she claims and she said to me that uh, her and her mom one time have seen light orbs and they couldn't explain it. So I thought, okay, we go to Brook Road, but we it's kind of hard to break away with the kids if the things do get too spooky. So I'm gonna try to get her to go next weekend but uh, I, I was kind of looking at this story out of Ohio and I, I don't really like talking about you know the the haunted attractions you know the uh, kind of the carnival haunted houses you know like the ones that set up for uh, you know one month and then they're gone once uh, November rolls around because you know, I mean they're, they're haunted and they're fun but they're not like you know legend has it well this is a little different out of Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, this uh, this was an actual funeral home built back in 1901, I believe. 
and it's called the Wickyards. And it's no longer a funeral home, but they uh, have uh, decided to convert it into a haunted attraction. And it is called, what, what, what are they calling it? Like uh, the Nine Lives of Wickyards? Is that what, yeah. So so this is like an actual funeral home, funeral former funeral home uh, that they're using to uh, make like $10, $20 a head off anybody that wants to get uh, the crap scared out of them. And I think this would make for a pretty good horror movie. Maybe even better than Terrifier 2. Maybe even better than Hocus Pocus 2. Maybe. But basically, somebody setting up a, a fake haunted house in an actual haunted house. Because I don't know. I, if, if I know a place has been a funeral home, I don't think I'd want to hang around there any longer than I would have to. Because kind of that whole bad mojo thing. Um, but yeah, out in Youngstown, if you, uh, if you make it out that far into Ohio... Uh, check it out and tell me if you survived the exper- uh, experience or if uh, any of the staff there have stories to tell you about the place. Yeah, make it into an urban legend or something. All right, I think that's about it for me this go-around. Uh, until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Lives.